0: McCord
1: welcome back to you better you bet brought to you by bet mgm with nick costos and ken barkley on the bet ql network courtesy of the call goes
2: to our friends at peacock there you know the kyle mccord marvin harrison ryan day in ohio state to be running it up against Penn State this weekend in one of the marquee games in college football. Colin Wilson from the Action Network and the Big Bets on Campus podcast will join us in just a second to, uh, to talk about that game and more coming up this week in college football. Anthony Debundo coming up in 20 minutes talking soccer. Brad Evans and P.J. Glasser next hour. The locomotive leaves the station 40 minutes from now. All of Ken Barkley's plays in college football this weekend. We look forward to that. And look, we'll talk about this coming up in the final hour of the show. But for our live audience, and like I asked, Cannon, like I think the board is remaining static right now. Just want to read this injury information in the Eagles Dolphins game. Eagles injury report: the final one is out. Um, Lane Johnson, Dallas Goddard, Devonte Smith, Jalen Carter, Darius Slay—all important players are all off the injury report. All are going to play on Sunday night for the Eagles as they host the Miami Dolphins. So the market holding right now, Philly still under a three point home favorite on Sunday night. The spread is Two and a half. Two and a half. If we get any movement there, we will bring it to you. But again, Lane Johnson, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, Jalen Carter, Darius Slay, all going to play on Sunday night for the Eagles against the Miami Dolphins. And with that, We welcome in our good friend Colin Wilson to give us some college football bets for the weekend. Uh, Colin is one of our favorites. He's been coming on with us since 2019. He supports us. Support him and check out his uh, college football betting podcast, college sports betting podcast. It's Big Bets on Campus featuring other friends of our show, Brett McMurphy and Stuckey. Find it wherever you find your podcasts. Colin's written work can be found at the Action Network, and he is on Twitter at underscore Colin1, Colin spelled with two L's. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Friday.
0: Gentlemen, thanks for having me. I can't believe we're already into week eight of college football, just in time for some action about to come up in two weeks.
1: Yeah, I wasn't going to start with Maxion, but I guess we could do that if we wanted to. Maybe in a couple weeks when we have you on, we'll, uh, we'll start with that. Obviously, t- Tuesday night football back, although we've had weeknight games this weekend. A lot of people have been enjoying that. And Colin, when we had you on Friday last week, he had a, a kind of a, a clairvoyant opinion. And we were talking about this a lot on our show, too. Just like the Heisman market might re- really kind of dramatically shifted as a result of what's going to happen with that Washington-Oregon game last Saturday. And it did. And Washington won. And now Michael Penix Jr. is a, a huge favorite. We don't talk about the Heisman with you every single week when we have you but we have like a Really big move like this. I think a lot of people are kind of just wondering, basically, like, is this done? Like, okay, like Pennix beats Oregon. He's minus to win the Heisman. Caleb Williams looks really bad. Like, are we done here? I don't think we are, but I kind of want your opinion on this too. Just how do you think the Heisman's going to play out here, even just for the next couple of weeks?
0: We we definitely are not done. I mean, go back to recent history with the Pac-12 and getting to the college football playoff. I mean, they haven't been represented since 2016 with Washington. So if you, you know, kind of go with that line of thinking, the Pac-12 generally cannibalizes itself. And if you cannibalize yourself out of the college football playoff, it's a good chance for a quarterback to cannibalize himself out of winning the Heisman. And, you know, Washington is going to be favored every game from here on out. Um, They have to win from here on out. And I think what that leads to is that I think you can get Washington plus 250, plus 300 out there to win the Pac-12. That is a much better ticket than Michael Penix. At minus 150. Wrote a piece out there for Action Network this week in case anybody wants to go look about should you be buying the player or should you be buying the team? Right now, the two players that have better odds, better chance, better schedule, and Heisman moments coming up is going to be JJ McCarthy at 10 to 1 for Michigan. And Carson Beck, who I believe you can find 35-40 to 1 out there. But both of their teams really are waiting to have big moments in the Heisman race while the Pac-12 is about to embark on this crazy, uh, you know, just crazy week after week after week after dark uh, knocking each other out. So uh, the better bet for Michael Penix is for Washington win the conference. The best bet for the Heisman is on J.J. McCarthy and Carson Beck.
2: Uh, McCarthy right now is 10 to 1, as Colin said, at our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Carson Beck, 30 to 1 right now to win the Heisman Trophy. All right, Colin, let's get to some games coming up this weekend, and we'll start with the big game in the Big Ten with Ohio State and Penn State. Buckeyes, a four and a half point favorite. The total's 45.5. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on this game, Colin. I know our audience is excited as well. Ohio State and Penn State, what do you got?
0: Yeah, first half under is the bet. If you go back and look at all of the recent history in this game, they never get more than 10 points in the first quarter. And if you look at the coordinators, that's really what they want to do. They Neither of them want to take shots downfield. Penn State has zero explosiveness this season. Whether that's uh, because of function or execution or they don't believe in their players or they've been holding off film, I don't expect any haymakers to be thrown in this game until fourth quarter, maybe the third quarter. You know once there's a two-score lead, they're going to start amping up the explosive plays or at least the attempts. Right now, Penn State has they've allowed Drew Aller to throw beyond 20 yards 11 times this season. It's not that he can't do it, and really, I mean, I love him to win the Heisman. But they have really put the the you know the handcuffs on him as far as taking explosive shots. The running backs have not been able to generate more than three yards per carry uh, after contact. So I don't know where the explosiveness is for Penn State. That's not going to show up in the first and second quarter here. Ohio State is going up against the best defense they'll see all year. Kalen King and Johnny Dixon are the best corners in college football. They're going to be able to, uh, you know, double coverage Marvin Harrison. We've got so many injuries on the Ohio State side. I can't even name them all because we don't have enough time. So many injuries, especially on defense with Denzel Burke at corner where Penn State should have some success. So I expect a slow grind in the beginning. I expect haymakers to come in the second half. Whenever we have a two-score lead with one of the other teams, so I say first half under. I don't. I think twenty-three is out there. Twenty-two and a half or lower. I would. I would bet it less.
1: Colin, there are other like really important games with like two good teams playing each other, but I, I want to ask you about Michigan, Michigan State, just because I think for a lot of people that listen to the show and sports fans, Michigan has been such a huge story this week. With and again, whether you think it's overblown or not, like. You know, the uh, the investigation into potential like scouting of signals for other teams, like sign stealing, which is usually something we obviously hear about in baseball, it can happen in college football too. And there's like a ton of backstory to it, but just, you know, Michigan's kind of really in the spotlight right now. And this is heading into a rivalry game for them, which has usually been, you know, like pretty tight in a lot of situations, but is not expected to be very competitive this year. Michigan on the road at Michigan State is currently still a twenty despite the accusations, despite all that stuff, not like it should matter, a twenty four point road favorite with a total 46. If you want to react to the Harbaugh and, and side stealing thing, you can. Otherwise, just what are we going to do with this game? Michigan just beating people up the last couple of weeks.
0: Please. I mean, this whole stealing signs and the guy taking himself off Twitter and he's suspended but he's still getting paid. I got news for everybody. Everybody's stealing signs. Everybody is stealing signs. I mean, I mean, just because you got caught, that sloppiness on your part uh, to get under investigation, but everybody is stealing signs from the other side. It's just not talked about that very much, but You know, in this game, the number is way too high. I I remember being on this show a few weeks ago, and we saw Arizona State, and I said, I don't know if I can take Arizona State, but it's 10 points above what I power rated against USC. And this is one of those kinds of games. This is a number where I make it 19, and at 24-and-a-half, we've crossed too many key numbers. And Michigan State at least has a pulse on defense. Like, they should have won against Rutgers. Uh, The players have not quit. I think that's what we kind of get into, We're week eight we are really close to getting the part of the season where teams just give up like Southern myth done. They're not going to win a game or cover a game for the rest of the year because they're checked out. Michigan state has not checked out whatsoever. And then when you flip over to the Michigan side, it's, you know, it's like, who have they played? 115th is your strength of schedule. When you look at the list of teams, that doesn't mean that they're not good. It doesn't mean that they're not going to contend for the national title, but you should not be a 24 and a half point favorite in a rivalry game against a Michigan state team that is full of kids that if they're still playing hard, you know, under D'Antonio and under, uh, you know, the current regime that they have there, they're going to show up here for this game. It's just way too many points. 24, 24 and a half is what you got to get on this party.
2: You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. It's a phenomenal football Friday, and we're talking college football for the weekend with our friend Colin Wilson from the Action Network and the Big Bets on Campus podcast. He's on Twitter, at underscore Colin1, Colin spelled with two Ls. Uh, Colin, we talked about the Pac-12 to kind of start, right? And maybe this is a league that's going to cannibalize itself. Now, USC losing last week to Notre Dame, and the Trojans looking to bounce back this week against the Utah Utes, uh, Caleb Williams and USC. A touchdown favorite, the total's 52-and-a-half. How are you betting, if at all, USC and Utah.
0: Well, I would like to say all summer that Caleb Williams is not going to win the Heisman trophy. And I would like to reiterate what I said all like back last March was that Caleb Williams is not winning the Heisman trophy. He has been awful. Nine big time throws, 13 turnover worthy plays. He's throwing balls from one foot sidearm. He thinks he's Patrick Mahomes at every single throw. He's not. Uh, he struggles against cover three and cover one, which is what he's going to see a lot out of Utah. I, I know the reason that this is themed. I mean, Utah is just so inept on offense. I mean, we just don't know where they're going to get points from. They have a hard time stringing drives together. They run that single RPO, out, you know, without Cam Rising. None of us know when Cam Rising is coming back. Um, so Nate Johnson is the one who's going to get the call here, and, and what that tells me is that Utah and Kyle Whittingham they want to make this a ground game, they want to go up against USC's rush defense, which is a really great decision because USC's rush, rush defense has been terrible. And when you do that, I mean, you look at all the mobile quarterbacks that USC has gone up against Siobhan Cordero for San Jose State had 72 yards, Shadur Sanders had 76 yards running and a touchdown, Arizona's backup. Like, what, a couple weeks ago, Noah Fafita, he had 30 yards scrambling on the ground. So, I think it's a great decision by Utah to use their dual-threat quarterback, not Bryson Barnes, to use Nate Johnson to run the quarterback position and attack that weakness on USC. I'm just casually waiting here. I'll take a a 7.5. I I will happily take a a 7.5. We'll see if the steam knocks it up a little bit. Um, USC, I I mean, I know they're undefeated in Pac-12 play, but, man, I think Caleb Williams is completely checked out of the season.
1: Colin, there there are other games with ranked teams and stuff, but I I have to ask, you, we haven't spent any time on this game, and like actually kind of a historic betting market this weekend for people who haven't been paying attention. Iowa and Minnesota are going to play a game on Saturday, and people have started talking about Iowa. They've gained some buzz as like a team that, if you look at their schedule, like could go eleven and one. They would probably play you know Michigan or Penn State or Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, and they'd probably lose. But they could get to that point, and it would be kind of like a pretty crazy season, given that they like don't score very much, and people can kind of look into what's going on with their offensive coordinator and these incentives. They will play a game Iowa on Saturday against Minnesota, in which the current market is Iowa by three and a half. That's not the crazy part and the total of the game is 30 and a half open to 31 and a half and bet down like I don't know what the total was when like Harvard and Yale played in 1897 or whatever but this is like a kind of a historic betting market it's really wild to see this do you have any bets in this like what advice would you give to people about a game we don't see very often a game where one team is favored by three and a half and the total is 30 and a half what about Iowa and Minnesota
0: I I listen, this is going to be embarrassing if it doesn't hit, but I don't care. I, you got to take the over in this game. I mean, I do, I mean, I make all my own totals. My totals are based upon pace, the success rate, finishing drives, uh, net yards per play. I mean, everything It's just this huge formula that takes everything in and I got it at 33 and a half. So, I mean, the margin isn't that huge. But I think the most fun you could have tomorrow is laying an overbed in this game. And, you know, you kind of look at the advanced analytics, like how do they get there? Well, I can't make a case for Minnesota getting there. They're going to run the ball a lot. Iowa's really good at stopping the run. But, you know, if, if Ethan Kaliak-Manis decides that he wants to throw the ball, he's not been very good at, like, dodging the defenders. And, and you know, Iowa right now is the number one coverage team per PFF. Um, you know, they don't allow any big plays, and they, they have a lot of havoc. I mean, the, the defense and the special teams can absolutely – score some points there. I mean, Minnesota is no slack in special teams either. They're 20th in SP-plus special teams. Iowa's 10th in SP-plus special teams. And that is something that a lot of people don't handicap is like, yeah, these defenses are better than the offenses. The offenses are dreadful. But when you're punting from your own end zone and you're giving field position at the 40, I mean, it's not that hard to score a point. I. There just comes a certain point. Even with these service academy games, I always tell everybody, I'm going to be on the over at Navy Army, okay? I mean, it's just too low. It's just you get to a certain point where it's like, all you have to do is, like, flinch on special teams and you can get over the total. So count me in for going over at 30 and a half. 31 is where I would stop buying the over.
2: Uh, Colin, we have about a minute to go here. Any other bets could be a big game, could be a small game. Anything that you like this weekend that we have not yet talked about coming up in college football, please, in about one minute.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do like Colorado State to upset UNLV. UNLV is one of the worst in the nation at defending explosive plays. That's all Colorado State is. They, they have some so many explosive wide receivers there, and I expect them to, to be able to throw all over them. Uh, keep your eyes on Kansas State against TCU. TCU runs a very light box, a three three five stack, and they're going to go up against brand-new freshman Avery Johnson, quarterback for Kansas State. If you've not got your eyes on this kid, he is electric, and I expect Kansas State – who is uh, soaring right now to run all over TCU. Um, By the way, Hoover is the quarterback for TCU is going to have some problems with the coverage that Kansas State shows. Um, I think if we had to go a little bit deeper, um, I I do know that I'm trying to think of another game before we get out of here. Uh, I I do like San Diego State under, so I will say that. Nevada had a really hard time scoring points doing anything offense. so I do like the Mountain West under there.
2: Colin, we have about 10 seconds to go here for this answer. I was told you had an Oscar betting thought for
0: us. I went to the Killers of the Flower Moon last night. I was really worried about this movie overtaking Oppenheimer in every category. I'm not so worried about it anymore. I'm adding to Robert Downey Jr. to win Best Supporting Actor. I'm adding to Cillian Murphy winning Best Actor. And I'm adding to Oppenheimer as the Best Picture. But uh, Lily Gladstone, she's going to win Best Supporting Actress for Killers of the Flower Moon. She's out there at 3-1 to one right now, so get your money.
2: He, what a legend wrestling bets, Oscar bets, knows everything about every single college football game that's going to happen this weekend. Bets the NFL, college, baseball, college hoops. The absolute best is our friend, Colin Wilson. You got to check him out on the Big Bets on Campus podcast. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts. You can check out his written work over at the Action Network, and you can follow him on Twitter at underscore Colin1. My friend, we sincerely appreciate the time. Good luck with all the bets this week. We will catch up with you next week here on the show.
0: Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Our, our friend Colin Wilson. The Killers. of that Oscar thought, yeah, how great yeah, is that? I'm going, I'm going to see Killers
1: of the Flower Moon uh, next week, hopefully. So, but uh, now I don't great. know hopefully if I want you, to, after what he just said.
2: Hopefully, yeah. hopefully you've locked out nine hours for it. Uh, Anthony DeBundo up next. Soccer bets for the weekend.
1: We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.